breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One seven FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline this morning. Joining us, Dr. Jeffrey Sato from LSUS. Good morning, Dr. Sato. Thanks for your time. Oh, hi. Um, um, no problem. We, uh, we know qualifying closed yesterday for the elections. Uh, all the races are closed now. The big one, of course, governor. Do you see any scenario where one candidate could win outright without a runoff? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> Sixteen candidates, and uh, you know, seven of them are are uh, sitting on uh, at least uh, in the neighborhood of half a million dollars or more. So, yeah, no, they're they're in it to to the finish, and yeah, no, that's that's just too fragmented of a field to, to sure. have anybody win outright. Most likely scenario in the governor's race, the, the two to, to make the runoff. We know Sean Wilson probably from the Republican side. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, it's, uh, Jeff Landry is going to be joining him unless something very uh, unusual happens. I mean, we, we look at the polling, and uh, Wilson and Landry, they're bouncing between, say, a quarter and a third of the electorate, uh, and everybody else is in single digits. So uh, it's... I don't think anyone's going to get out between now and then, and it's just it's just so hard to come back from that, particularly when you've got um, what you're, at least for these Republicans, really they're going to have to take votes from Landry, and when you're sitting on nine million dollars, uh, you know that's that's just so hard to uh, to come back from that. There's just too much separation uh, at this point, really. So something really weird would have to happen for for any of them to be able to overtake Landry and get into that uh, other runoff spot. Scott Hughes told us yesterday um, Landry's the one Sean Wilson wants because Landry's the one Sean Wilson has a better chance of beating. Do you agree? Um, yeah, if uh, if you're saying that uh, you prefer a 2% chance of winning as opposed to a 1%, then yeah, that's true. But you think Sean Wilson has no chance of beating Landry? I mean, in the... Very. Or, very slender. He's, he's not a great candidate at all, um, and it's just you know we, we look at the numbers say compared to eight years ago. Uh, he's, he's not where he needs to be in order to to be competitive uh, polling. So you know right now if we just stopped everything and, and had an election between those two, uh, Landry wins. Uh, into double digits, so at least fifty-five percent. Any of these other candidates, Wagisback, Nelson, that have come in, do you see any surprises? No, um, you know, really, you've got kind of two tiers uh, among the, the remainders. Um, that would be uh, Treasurer John Schroeder, and then um, former uh, gubernatorial assistant Stephen Wagisback. Uh, they'd be the, the two most likely to to make any kind of run. Uh, we look at um, at uh, State Senator Sharon Hewitt, State Representative Richard Nelson. Uh, they really they just they really don't have the resources at this point to, to make much of a run at all. Uh, and then uh, Hunter Lundy, uh, the lawyer, who's running as an independent. I mean, he's got a ceiling of around five percent. 
uh, and spending his own money left and right to get there. So you know, they, you know, those three you know, really, uh, it's not, it's going to be difficult for them to get in double digits. So really, if you're going to see any move at all, it's going to be from those other two. But, uh, I, I don't think there's going to be much of a move. They just, uh, don't have the resources. They don't have the financial resources, endorsements, the activists working for them like Landry do, does. And so it, it, they can make some movement, but I, I just don't see that it's going to be enough to overtake them again unless something really unusual happens. The other statewide races, what are some of the issues, what are some of the races that stand out that you're watching closely that are going to be interesting? Well, in, in terms of just the, the competition, you know, I'd say Secretary of State would be one of them. You've got um, uh, essentially uh, you have uh, Mike Francis, who's public service commissioner, has run for the office before, almost won it. Um, you have, uh, and he's kind of picking up the Republican banner there, uh, which is interesting because you have a, a, the Speaker of the House is another one of his opponents. Uh, but you know, he's probably going to end up splitting the vote with the first assistant there uh, at the uh, at the office currency, Nancy Landry, who's also a former uh, member of the legislature. Um, and uh, then you've got uh, Len Collins Greenup. She is a Democrat. Uh, and she's run for the office before and uh, scored around 20% of the vote. So uh, she can be competitive. But interestingly, kind of a last-minute entry was Arthur Morrell, who's a longtime uh, elected official in the New Orleans area, most recently as the clerk of uh, court down there. He's, he's about 80, but he threw his hat in the ring. That's going to end up dividing that vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really uh, kind of really un- unpredictable that the way this one is going to go. And if you, you really want to make things interesting, you've got uh, yet again this guy Thomas Kennedy who never campaigned, uh, and yet uh, the two times he's run, he's got uh, statewide, he's got like nine and nineteen percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, the theory being that um, he's mistaken with another famous politician in the state named Kennedy. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> a well liked politician. Yes, uh, the most popular politician in the state. So, um, yeah, that, that's another layer of unpredictability in that in that one. So, um, yeah, that uh, that I'd say Attorney General probably in terms of competition and uh, what could happen. I'd say that they're the the two. Uh, well, I don't know. I could even throw Treasurer in there with the mm-hmm. uh, John Fleming, our former congressman. Yeah, and uh, Scott Knight. That's going to be McKnight. That's going to be a, a, a neck and neck battle there. So, yeah, those are some of the more interesting statewide races. All right, uh, Dr. Sato, can you hold on with us through the break? And we're going to talk about some sure. local elections. Dr. Yeah, Jeffrey Sato with mm-hmm. LSUS uh, with Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. We're talking with Dr. Jeffrey Sato from LSUS on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline looking at local elections. Of course, one of the biggest is the Caddo Parish Sheriff's race. Uh, how do you see that shaping up? Well, it, uh, the talk all along has been that you're going to see a, a, a contest really between uh, Henry Whitehorn, uh, who's had a number of law enforcement positions around here and at, at the state, and of course is the CAO for the city, uh, under uh, Mayor Adrian Perkins, his last couple of years at least, uh, as the uh, the main Democrat in the race, and then 
John Nicholson, the um, chair of Steve Prater, kind of endorsed candidate on the Republican side. Um, there are some interesting uh, wild cards uh, in there uh, that could detract from either their vote. Um, Hersey Jones, uh, local lawyer, uh, Democrat, making another run uh, for the office. Uh, and then uh, also another run, uh, Eric Hatfield, who was a constable and had rather controversial tenures constable uh, for, for one of the uh, judicial districts in the area. Um, though he's running as a Republican uh, this time. Uh, those, those two probably will, will take some vote from Whitehorn Nicholson, but it's probably not going to be enough. Um, you actually have uh, also a, a controversial local lawyer uh, running as a Democrat, uh, Pat Gilly, and uh, the police chief of, of Greenwood, who, mm-hmm. along with Whitehorn, might be the most uh, accomplished law enforcement officers experienced law enforcement officers uh, running. Uh, he's running as a Republican, but you know, in the end, I think it's really going to come down to Nicholson and and Whitehorn. Is don't see these other having enough. Uh, Do you see a runoff there. between them, or? Yeah, um, yeah, I think so. I think the, the votes fragmented enough. Uh, you look Paris wide at the at the numbers. Uh, you've got um, about about fifty fifty uh, white black, and of course, most blacks being Democrats. So. You look at, the, at that and you know, the fact that I think those two uh, can consolidate uh, the vote in those different blocks. And, yeah, uh, I, I think it's going to be a runoff and it's going to come down to those two. Okay, let's the Barry Milligan bombshell this week, not running for re-election. Uh, shook, yeah. thing, shook things up all the way down the ballot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Assess that for us. Yeah, quite the you know kind of the musical chairs and 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 some blast from the past uh, going on there. So, um, but yeah, Republican uh, Barry Milligan, one term uh, District 38 Senate. He decides uh, not to run. Family matters, uh, and so uh, you, you you get this this ripple effect apparently. Uh, you want to I guess call it anything, where uh, you have jumping into that um, the. Uh, present District 6 uh, representative, uh, Thomas uh, Presley, is a Republican. Uh, then uh, John Milkovich, who previously held the seat, and Milgan uh, knocked off, uh, this time they're running as a Republican. Uh, and then one of um, Congressman Mike Johnson, ex-aides, uh, also running as a Republican. Uh, so that would be an interesting contest there. But So Presley leaves the 6th District. Uh, and uh, sliding into that, on that, is Michael Mellorine, who is the current Board of Elementary and Secondary Education representative from the area. Uh, so he jumps into that, uh, and there I think he's given the, the, you know, his uh, his position now and the demographics of that district. I think he's a pretty clear favorite there. Uh, but now, of course, not running for Bessie, so his wife steps in. Mm-hmm. Now she's running uh, against uh, uh, someone who, uh, Emma Shepard, a Democrat, who filed a run last time but ended up uh, withdrawing from that, uh, and then uh, uh, another Republican. And, I, I, you know, you've got to consider uh, Stacey Mellorine the favorite in that one, too, given uh, her husband's network that he was able to accomplish to, to get himself elected to office. So. Uh, yeah, kind of an interesting uh, musical chairs and ripple effects going on there. 
in the Bozier races, uh, Raymond Cruz elected with no opposition, but it looks like uh, some of the others in Bozier may have uh, some battles on their hands, or do you think the incumbents uh, have kind of smooth sailing? No, no, it's, there's going to be a number of, of close elections there. Uh, maybe the most uh, interesting parish in the state as far as uh, legislative elections are going. Uh, you know, just uh, there, I mean, we start with the uh, what's now the 31st Senate District, which is about a third, a quarter to a third Bozier, but also uh, close to, to half Caddo and then a number of other parishes. Um, you have uh, Alan Seabaugh's uh, Republican in the 5th, House district now, uh, term limited out. So he's trying to make the move over to the Senate uh, with uh, his opponent, also Republican, being longtime area popular basketball coach uh, Mike McConaughey. Uh, that's going to go down to the wire. Uh, also close will be uh, District 9, uh, which currently Dodie Horton, Republican, is representing that. But the district has changed somewhat uh, since then in its boundaries through reapportionment. Uh, and you know, I think she'll uh, face a tough challenge with the uh, local businessman, uh, also Republican Chris Turner. Head a little bit north to the 36th district. Uh, Robert Mills is going to, uh, the incumbent Republican, is going to face quite a challenge there from um, Adam Bass, who's a Republican on the school board in, in Bossier Parish. Um, that district also was considerably changed through reapportionment. So uh, that's, that's another one that's going to be close. Uh, as a result of that, so uh, yeah, just and that's just at the state legislative level. You got some others, uh, uh, like the 39th Senate District. That's going to be an interesting race. Cedric Glover yep. jumping into that with uh, Sam Jenkins, Barbara Norton, and then uh, Jim Slagle, a white Republican in the yep, race. Uh, yeah, Slagle entry really kind of mixed things up there because uh, uh, the, the other three were kind of lo- until he got in and he gets in <laughs> every four years, more or less. Or something, but um, when he got in, that you know, there was this idea that well, whoever can consolidate the Republican vote in there is going to be the one that. Can, who's the, who's the Democratic front runner in that race? Who would you say is the Democratic front runner? I'm curious. Yeah, that's tough. Um, I would. I, I think I'd give a, a narrow nod to uh, to Glover, uh, having been mayor. Uh, I think you know, even though a portion of that district is decent-sized portion not in the city. This lover is so well-known. I mean, everyone's got their, their strengths. Uh, Norton, uh, of course, represented part of that area. She tried to run for it four years ago and, and you, know, um, you know, got disqualified. Does she live in uh, the district for, now? Do we know? Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming the address I see is, is one that is in the district. <laughs> okay. But uh, And then Sam Jenkins, of course, he's the, the leader of the Democrats in the House of Representatives and also elected from the district part of the district so uh, you know that's uh, that's going to be quite a, a barn burr but i think i'm going to give the slight advance to glover jeff sato thank you for your time it's going to be a good one yeah well, it's going to be interesting mm-hmm. thank, you. thank you so much dr sato mike and mccarty 101.7 back with more of mike and mccarty on 101.7 fm and 710 keel Okay, a friend of mine said last night after this weekend, by the way, this weekend was crazy. Mm-hmm. I'm glad to get back to work to relax a little <laughs> bit. But he goes, I was talking to him, and he said, oh, by the way, did you watch any of the game today? Nope. 
completely forgot. It was on yesterday. We won. Saints won. So I, and that's one thing. I, and this is not a commercial for YouTube TV, mm-hmm. but I, but I had set them as one of my favorites or whatever. Sure. So when I I said, let me check, and I pulled it up, and this boom, right there. Right. Watch the you know. Mm-hmm. But Aaron, now look, there's no bigger Saints fan, but I. I don't have the same excitement. Preseason doesn't juice me up. First of all, it's preseason yeah. in freaking middle of August. Right. Okay. I don't get too juiced about that. I'm not. Derek Carr looked good. Um, Alvin Kamara was busting some runs, but all I could think of was, you're a thug. I wish you weren't on my team. Yeah. Yeah. And who are you running against right now? And, I mean, People that are trying to make the team, you know. Well, they were. Well, no, we were playing ones and ones at that. Oh, were point. they? Okay. First of the first, okay. yeah, first, uh, first quarter. All right. First half of the first quarter, it was it was ones, ones and ones. Okay. Um, but I don't. It just, it just kind of made me sad. Yeah. Maybe once the season actually mm-hmm. starts, because I don't like preseason anyway. Right. I remember Deuce McAllister, high ankle sprain. Yeah. You know, like third. Preseason. I don't either. Game. I don't. It's and just I don't like, I'm just waiting for college football. Oh. Look, goosebump. I'm ready for that one. Dangerous heat in front of us. We still do have uh, over um, two weeks left of triple digit temperatures. No. It's crazy. We've got Jeff Eno from the Weather Channel lined up. We'll talk with him next. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shri, uh, meteorologist Jeff Eno with the Weather Channel joining us. Jeff, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Well, Staying we're cool, I hope. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, AC units are having a hard time keeping up. Um, triple digits. I'm looking at the your... Uh, Weather.com. Uh, um, I want to say Facebook. I'm just, I'm having website? another aneurysm, yeah. Aaron. Uh, the website. Yeah. And, and my gosh, going into the end of the month, we're still looking at triple digit temperatures. Yeah, this has been relentless. Uh, once this uh, high pressure dome kind of set up uh, here uh, over uh, parts of the northern Gulf and uh, into uh, portions of the uh, lower Mississippi, uh, we just—it's been relentless. Um, it's been uh, from Texas. Uh, of course, we've seen it now wrap around the Gulf Coast and uh, excessive heat warning stretching uh, all the way from Texas all the way into Georgia, and uh, we get uh, a little bit of a break. For the, uh, a couple of days coming up, got a frontal system coming through. Behind that, the air is going to dry out a bit, and it's going to feel like uh, heaven, as far as I can tell. Uh, low yeah, 90s 92. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, low yeah. 90s tomorrow, low 90s Wednesday. And how about upper 60s for the overnight low Tuesday night? So coming out uh, Wednesday morning, you're going to feel like you can breathe again uh, with that uh, temperature for the overnight. But uh, as you said, it uh, the high pressure comes back in, this time coming in from the west and uh, we are going to see these triple-digit temperatures just uh, stay with us here all the way into the weekend and then some. We broke a record yesterday. Is that accurate? 
that is uh, officially uh, went up to 106 on Sunday. 105 was set back in 1948, and uh, since last Wednesday, the highs have pretty much been right around 105. Uh, so we dipped down to 104, I believe, on Wednesday. We saw, uh, again, a couple of days or a day at uh, 106 yesterday. 11 of the 13 days this month, we've hit triple digits, and uh, I believe uh, the 105 on Friday or Thursday, I should say, uh, tied the record. So it's been record-setting here also in the last couple of days. Record for today is 106. Uh, we're not going to quite get that hot, are we? No, no, it's in it's in its semantics from here. Of course, uh, <laughs> right. uh, 104 is where we're headed, but uh, uh, hot is hot. And then you've got, of course, the humidity factoring in. But we should stay away from record territory. It's going to feel like 110. Uh, late day, maybe some pop-up showers and thunderstorms to help possibly cool things down. But you know how that works, too. They come in, they blow in, they blow back out, and then it just gets uh, steamy from there. As far as the fall and the winter, I've always heard that when you have a harsh summer like we're having now, the winter is going to be really cold. Does that hold true? And, and what, what are we looking for as far as the fall and winter? Well, we we can always hope that uh, that we do get the uh, the cooler temperatures in, but uh, um, I, I don't know if that will uh, play out. I know that uh, a couple of years ago uh, we did see the uh, the very uh, uh, tough winter uh, that we saw some you know record breaking uh, cold and ice uh, into parts of Texas and then into the South uh, temperatures that we don't really uh, see that often. But uh, uh, as far as uh, getting into the the winter and also on into uh, or the fall and winter um uh, right now I, i'm not seeing anything that's uh, that's kind of crazy as far as uh, some of those uh, temperatures go but uh, uh we can hope that uh, this thing kind of gets uh, done with here as we move towards september and that's about all we can do um i know that uh as uh, take a look here in two parts of september uh it does look like uh, we may see actually some upper 80s towards the end of the month. Uh, I know this is uh, kind of a long-range deal, so anything can change. But uh, we just need some rain. Yeah, that would help also, and uh, that uh, that's not really popping up here as far as uh, what I can see so far. Not anything consistent, anyway. Uh, just uh, kind of the pop-up stuff. But uh, some rain would be nice, and uh, some clouds at this point would even be nice. Jeff Eno, the sun from the Weather Channel. This is dangerous heat, too. We need to be sure that we're taking all the precautions. What are some things folks need to remember to do today in the next few days? Uh, it's it's kind of the, uh, the the broken record at this point. Um, I know you got a feel for folks that are out in it for any extended period of time. I uh, I, I see guys out, and I think I, I just I don't know how how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I know a lot of folks now, especially they're wearing the dry fit stuff, and uh, that definitely helps. But uh, uh, the light, loose fitting clothing. Um, if you start to feel the effects, you start to feel dizzy, seeing those spots and that sort of thing, uh, just sit down and take a break if you can. Find some shade if you can. Try to get into the A.C. And, of course, keep yourself hydrated. Uh, drink that water. Uh, drink the, uh, the the sports drinks that, uh, that uh, do have the electrolytes and kind of replenish uh, your energy and replenish uh, some of the uh, things you're sweating out. Uh, all of those things. Uh, just uh, just take caution. Take care best you can. Jeff Eno with the Weather Channel. Thanks for your time this morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. 101.7 FM. Now, 
all more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Now, if I remember Friday correctly, you had a a really relaxing weekend in store. Is that correct? That's pretty much what I did. Just relax and chill. Good mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. You were busy, though. We didn't stop all weekend, Man. including we drove over to uh, Kilgore yesterday, had lunch at uh, uh, the Nulo restaurant in downtown Kilgore, Zen Kitchen. It was, oh, it, nice. It was very, very nice. Cool. Very yeah. Uh, my son works there. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we wanted to go check it out. But... Saturday afternoon, we had a, a, a fundraiser for the Humane Society, Northwest Louisiana. Mm-hmm. They do bingo. Cool. Which is always fun. I love bingo. It is. It's mm-hmm. just fun. It's a, it's kind of addictive. Yeah. Um, and I and I did, I called. Oh, like so, in yeah. 45. And, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And try, you try to make it fun. And then they jump up, bingo! And, and uh, Aaron, I got there. It started, it was... Started at four. I got there about yeah, you know, about three forty-five. Wow! It was packed. packed. Dang! There were cars all over, all like on the whole corner there at Great Raft Brewing. If you know where that is, yes. The, the, they had to. They they couldn't let any more people in the building because the building had reached capacity, and the wow. fire marshal would have yeah would have wow said no more. That's awesome. It was. It was incredible. Thank you to all of uh, all of the people that came out. We just had a great time. Oh man, it was hot as Hades. Yeah, it was still hot, but yeah. it was we it was fun. They they raised a lot of money. Mm, good, good, good. And and the people at Great Raft were just fantastic. That's wonderful. And, That's and, a great spot i think humane society got like a percentage of all the beer that was sold in addition to the bingo fundraiser there's nothing like beer and bingo i'm telling you (laughs) it you know we're we're, when you say hot you are nail on the head everything i saw this weekend was people's air conditionings were struggling to keep up i mean they were staying at Turning on, 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 and oh, on, just and constant running, and hardly keeping the houses at seventy-five. Yeah, I mean, people were complaining all over social media, and all my friends that I was around were like, "Man, my I saw my somebody AC. post that uh, the central units are designed to stay at least twenty degrees. That's about where they're going to be able to stay mm-hmm. of the outside temperature, twenty degrees below whatever the outside temperature wow. is. Wow! And wow. so, if it's hundred and five degrees. Mm-hmm. It's got your unit's going to struggle to get down to seventy five oh, or six yes. or whatever you have it set on, and they just stayed on. And you know what's going to happen when you get that bill? You know if your AC oh, just stayed just on constantly, it, it was a struggle. And we're going to again today one hundred and four. We broke a record yesterday. We went to one hundred six. The old record was one hundred five, and then tomorrow ninety two. So <laughs> get your jackets out, yeah. bust out the jackets the and your Uggs. And uh, get ready to dress warm tomorrow because it's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a uh, cold tomorrow. But it's only a, a, a brief tease, right? Because then we've got like nine days straight of triple digits after Golly. Wednesday. Yeah, tomorrow and Wednesday are going to be very pleasant. Mm-hmm. But then it's going to get. When did it ever occur again. that in our vocabulary that we would say ninety two is pleasant? Isn't that crazy? <laughs> 92 oh, is pleasant. We, we were outside last week, one of the days where it was like 97. Oh. And my wife, we were out front and she goes, oh, it's so nice out. 
It's so not. I was like, first of all, you've lost your mind. When is 97? Oh, this is man. so nice. Give her this here. It's a crazy pill. Will yeah. you give it to her? I said, how bad has it been when 97 is, is nice. pleasant? Oh, that's nuts. So 92 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Absolutely. Great news for Houghton. Uh, funding the Water Project. We'll have Houghton Mayor Kim Gaspar join us after the news. Mike and McCarty, 101.7 FM. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with the Mayor of Houghton, uh, my old friend from Airline High School, Kim Gaspar, joining us. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Mike. How are you today? Doing very well. Thanks for talking with us. Uh, some exciting news: this funding. Tell us about this water tower project that's going on. Well, Mike, uh, as you know, a lot of people are moving to the Houghton area, and uh, we've been trying to do some infrastructure upgrades and uh, we've tried for a couple of years now to get a, a dual water well situation with a really big elevated tank to meet the incoming needs uh, for this growth and uh, we have been informed that the water sector commission which we've lost out to twice before uh, is going to fund the project and we're some kind of excited about that because uh, this brings us on into the future and takes care of our water needs for a while and uh, and really lifts a big uh, uh, burden off the town to try to find uh, uh, alternative sources. This water. this funding for this project got caught up in that legislative debacle at the end. So this is kind of a, a, another alternative to try to get this, this done. And now you've been approved and it is a go. Uh, We're born again. How soon do you, do you hope this work can start? Well, we took the uh, steps last year to get the project shovel ready. Uh, our engineers did the engineering on it. We paid for that. And uh, and so having a shovel-ready program means that you, you remove a lot of red tape. Uh, we just don't know how to control how fast the money gets to us. And so that's the state's process, and uh, we're at their mercy with that. So uh, we're really looking forward to, uh, to getting the project going. It's going to... The wells are going to be located uh, uh, where the uh, where th- right near 3227, uh, which is very near the new commercial development area, and uh, that's going to hopefully get going here pretty soon if we can get our roads upgraded. Now, I know when you come off of I-20 and you head up 157 toward Houghton, there's a lot of development there on the left side, the uh, east that's side right. of 157. Where the where is the tower going to be? Uh, if you if you were to to take a left there coming off the interstate, uh, they're going to do a, a realignment of 3227, and it's actually going to start curving and come behind uh, the Waffle House and the Sonic. Uh, the Sonic and the uh, and PJ's Coffee were built, and what you see on 3227 now is the rear of their uh, of their establishments, uh, knowing that the road is going to be moved further south. Uh, uh, from where it is now on 3227. So uh, that whole, uh, uh, right next to PJ's Coffee is pretty much where the tower is going to go. Mayor, this is going to take Houghton's water system um, and and upgrade it, and you'll be set for how long? How many years do you hope this holds you over? Well, 
we're, we're hoping for the next 10 years uh, we this will give us what we need uh, with the ability to, to do a smaller expansion of existing uh, tanks that we have. Uh, we can always add on to those, but uh, you know, if a, if a if a developer wanted to come out right now to our subdivision, I mean to our town with us with subdivision ideas, uh, we would probably have to say no right now mm. uh, because of the growth in Legacy Point. They're still going to put 380 homes in there, and uh, so we would have to slow that down because right now it's questionable where we could meet the need with these subdivisions. But now you've and got the funding and you've got the new new system on the correct. way. That's correct. Great news. Mayor of Houghton, Kim Gaspar, thanks for your time, sir. Well, I appreciate your contact. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM. Back to the big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 101.7 FM and 710 Kiel. One zero one seven FM seven ten Keel Mike and McCarty. I'm sitting here looking at this update on Diamond Jacks. Mm-hmm. We talked with uh, Ronnie Johns last week, and one thing that I I was kind of surprised about was um, how optimistic he was. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he's trying to sell a bag of beans because to what benefit is it of him? Right, exactly. Um, but he said all of the all of the properties here are actually either doing well or have some really exciting things in store. Mm-hmm. And we know that Diamond Jacks is going to be like trend setting for this market uh, with what they're with that live theme yes. that they do, uh, like in Arlington. I said Fort Worth, and somebody said, no, dumbass, it's Arlington. Uh, thank you for that on the message board. I appreciate it. I really do. Call me on it, because I'm call an idiot. Him, call him that all the time. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, I'm used to it. Uh, <laughs> but it, it, but that's exciting what they're doing in Arlington, that whole live venue outside the, the baseball stadium. And they're bringing a, a portion of that here, from what I understand. Mm-hmm. Which means the other casinos are going to be going, hey, hey. Yeah. Got to up the game a little bit. Beef it up. Pun intended. Mm-hmm. And, and you've already seen, you know, some of Margaritaville, they've got big plans. In fact, Bossier City's got big plans for that whole area over there. Um, you know, and I looked at the numbers about the gaming revenues. And yes, they were all down slightly. But that typically happens in the summer because people are going on vacations. They're not doing, you know, they're not doing their regular gambling like they would. And so that we'll have to look at the fall numbers and see if they come back up because the numbers are a little bit hard to judge for summer months. So we will see. But um, they're looking like the boat's going to be completely chopped up. Right, yeah. The, and it, sold they for scrap? Scrapped it, basically, mm-hmm. yes. They couldn't find a buyer for for the whole boat I to really take it out of here? I wish I could have gotten it, like, put it on Cross Lake and... <laughs> Had <laughs> Just, weddings. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> that would have been cool. A venue, that would have been cool, but I if, think. You know, if, if you hadn't... You know, I had been on the Diamond Jacks boat 
a year or so before it closed and it would have needed a lot of work i mean it was you know blast well, it's been from the abandoned past. for for a while now yeah but it would have needed a complete gutting in the middle to to use it for anything so you know i don't know if it would have been worth it to anybody because you'd had a lot of cost to sail it out of here too that would have been real expensive, but they're gutting it for scrap. Well, you have to, you have to get it out of that concrete bathtub. Yes. How do, they, do they lift it out of that? Or is I, there a gate on those? They probably have a way to get it in and out because they had okay. to get it in. Right. So, yeah. Um. They must. I was surprised. The biggest thing from the interview I was surprised about was that they've done a lot of the demo work already. Yeah. Because you can't really see the property from you know the parkway or from Hamilton Road, and you just see the gates. But it looks like they've done a lot of the demo work inside the hotel and inside right. the casino property. So they're moving pretty quickly. He said they were ahead of schedule. Yeah. Which I was surprised by because when you see it from the outside, you're like, uh, there's not much been done. They need to get a, get a move on because it's slow going. They've already spent millions on uh, the renovation, the gutting out, the, like you say, the hotel and the, and the actual property. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a larger gaming space than any other property. As I that yeah, we have as I recall, it's going to have thirty thousand square feet of gaming space, where the others have fifteen thousand. So that's double what you have in the other uh, casinos. And 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 my excitement stems from the fact that I'm not I'm I I couldn't tell you the last time I went on any of them. I mm-hmm. I, I think we went to eat one time because they had you know crab legs mm-hmm. uh, on one of the buffets that right. was the last that's how long ago that was that's been a minute and we didn't even go into the you know right so my excitement is the fact that i love seeing economic development take mm-hmm. place in shreveport Bossier. yes it's exciting to me that you know these jobs are going to be generated. That it's gonna it's going to generate ho- hopefully more people coming into the market, mm-hmm. uh, and you know spending money and, and which bodes well for businesses around there, restaurants Absolutely. and the hotels. And uh, so I, I'm excited about that aspect. Just like you know uh, the Amazon facility. Yes, still still a go. You and I got to tour that mm-hmm. uh, a few months ago. Hopefully they're hiring in the spring. I'm hoping. Hopefully, we need to we need to follow up on that we and see where we are on that. Because when are. we when they were in town, they told us, uh, "Don't take pictures of this. This is you know Amazon proprietary technology, right? But we're right. going to bring you guys back when when this is when we're ready to go up and rolling. And I really want to see some of that stuff in in uh, in action because it was really cool to watch to walk through there. Y- y- gives you the feel for how big it is. I mean, was it three or four floors? Yeah, it was monstrous. We, you know, you would lose your breath walking from one end to the other. Oh, That's yeah. how big it was, and and it just went floor after and just all the equipment and machinery. It's going to be massive. And I had somebody ask me the other day, well, "What are they paying?" Well, they what they did start at fifteen. No, they're seventeen dollars an hour minimum mm-hmm. just to work at the Amazon plant, and. A lot of the jobs pay way more than that. That's going to be for the... And look know, at the perks. All oh. the free packages that you get. Anything that goes through there, you, <laughs> you like get, it, you just get... You don't get, get free oh, packages, no. Oh, I thought you got free, no, free stuff if you, you liked it. You don't get free packages. Sorry, oh. you don't. <laughs> and then that look at the nice. GM plant. Mm-hmm. I was out the day you guys announced the big new tenant that was announcing. Remember, was yep. it Schlumberger? Is yeah, that- or Schlumberger, whatever you want to call yeah. it. <laughs> 
I'm joking. I know it's Schlumberger. Schlumberger. Yeah, that's a couple, few hundred jobs there that's going to be, you know, we've, we've got some momentum going. Yes, that's what's exciting to mm-hmm. me. And, and if you look where we are it, it, geographically, just our, our physical location, mm-hmm. I-20 east and west, I-49 for the most part, north and south. There's no reason Shreveport shouldn't be Dallas. Right. We have so much ahead. There's so much that we've got going for us Mm -hmm. that, you know, even if if it's just a distribution hub, but but get manufacturing going again locally, uh, the port going on, the port, I don't think people realize how important and vital the port is and it's what amazing. it's done. It, it really is. There are a lot of things expanding out there, and they've got a lot of projects. We had the folks on from the port, and they were like, there's some things we can't tell you about yes. that are coming. It's ex- so that, that's exciting. More exciting news, and we still have the, the Rev Entertainment deal pending. So we've still got that coming for possibly for the fairgrounds. So I'm, I'm excited about the momentum and the direction we're going. I saw another street sweeper out. Early in the morning on I twenty, we're we're actually cleaning things up. It's kind of exciting. It really is kind of exciting. I'm getting a little goosey goosey about it. I know. Like maybe Same we here. can turn the corner. Well, and and that's just it. Yes, crime is an issue. Mm-hmm. But if you start fixing these other things, if if people have jobs, if people are are working, yes. Let's get the attitude different mm-hmm. in the entire community, and right. let's start kind of pulling together. Yes, um, I, there's no stopping this town. No. I honestly believe that. Yeah, one of the biggest events in our city is happening this weekend. We will talk about that when we get back. Mike and McCarty, one hundred one seven FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I enjoy this weekend. It's a huge deal. We, I, last year was my first geeked con mm-hmm. that I worked. Uh, I was first fascinated because it, that world's new to me. Yeah. Don't wear that spandex again, please. No. Please don't. Yeah. Okay. Don't do that. Well, I thought it was cosplay. I thought it was okay. <laughs> Greg Adams is in. He is the king of geeked con. And God, man, I can't even thank you for everything you do. He's just buried in it. How's how are things going? Are we ready? What's what's going on? <laughs> Something happening? <laughs> Folks, is don't... that Greg goes? Is that this weekend? <laughs> oh wait, hold on. Oh no. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> if folks have no clue what GeekCon is, kind of explain it. Uh, a lot of people now are familiar with the idea of a Comic-Con. Um, they've seen videos of Comic-Con International in San Diego. That's the, the true Comic-Con. That's Big C Comic-Con, mm-hmm. capital letters. Yeah. We are a small C Comic-Con, okay. a descriptive term. Um, it's, it's three parts. There's one part meet and greet where we have a ton of celebrities come to town. And, mm-hmm. and it's like a meet and greet where you get to go up to them. You get to get an autograph. You get to take a picture, uh, chat with them while they're signing your stuff. And you can go do that to every single booth that's available there. Uh, and then the other part is that it is a shopping extravaganza for all things collectible and geeky. Uh, we have over 200 vendor booths that will be set up this year. This is the most we've ever had. We actually have rented the entire convention center. Whoa. Um, so we will have the Captain Shreve Ballroom upstairs with uh, 
55 to 75 vendors. I don't remember the exact number. Uh, and then we have the downstairs floor full of vendors as well. And they're coming in from all corners of the country, from Washington, Iowa, New York, Florida, California. And they're selling things like cards, T-shirts. Trading cards, T-shirts, posters, action figures, both new and vintage. So if you're looking for that uh, Dagobah base action figure set that okay. you've been chasing forever, mm-hmm. uh, they might have it here. Uh, and you can find... Last year, we had an Amazing Fantasy 15 there, which is the first appearance of Spider-Man. It's a Holy Grail comic book. Oh. And one of the comic book vendors actually had it there. Uh, so it was it was pretty cool to to see that. Like, somebody trusted our event enough that they thought that maybe this will sell here. Mm-hmm. But even if it doesn't sell here, it's a, it's a talking part, yeah. a talking piece. Uh, the third part of this is that it's it's just ultimately a family event where... You can bring the whole family out. You can spend an entire day there. We've, we're introducing the Cyport Discovery Zone this year. We're going to have an indoor planetarium, a flight simulator, a Whoa. bunch of STEM activities. Uh, we have our panel discussions where our guests will come and talk about things. That's going to be a little different this year because we do have the Hollywood strikes going on. So they're not going to talk so much about their career and their movies and their projects. They're going to talk more about their personal life, their hobbies, mm-hmm. what they're into, what they collect. Um, so and what's the cosplay stuff about? Everybody's dressing up, right? And there's a big prize. That's what was, that's what was fascinating to me as well. Don't do that again this year, Mike. <laughs> well, it was fun. <laughs> uh, so basically, we, I'd say about 50% of our audience will come in cosplay. And cosplay is great because you can take any level of cosplay. You can take your Halloween costume from last year and wear it out. Safe place for that. And then we have cosplayers who have been working on their cosplays that they're going to wear this weekend for the last year. They've been building every part of it by hand. They've been sewing. They've been stapling. They've been molding. They've been carving foam, painting. Yeah. Uh, So all of that is going to culminate on Sunday with our cosplay contest, which has $2,500 on the line across all the divisions, uh, which I think is the... They, it, it, it's the highest purse for a cosplay contest of any Comic-Con event in the state of Louisiana. Wow. We are on the verge this year, and we've been right there going back and forth with New Orleans. This may end up being the biggest Comic-Con in the state of Louisiana. The only one that we're really competing with right now is Fan Expo New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we go back and forth, and this year we might actually edge them on this one. Um, but we're going to have to wait and see. Your grandkids want to go to this. Your kids want to go to this. How do you get tickets? Uh, Tickets are available online at ShreveportGeeks.com. We also have them in person at Excalibur Comics on East 70th and Gamers XP on Shreveport-Barksdale Highway. Uh, And you can also buy them at the box office, but tickets do go up at the box office. So Ah. if you want to save money on your tickets, buy them in advance. Mm -hmm. So what what are you most excited about this year's uh, Geek Con? Monday. Well, there you go. We love you, Greg it's Adams. It's a long weekend for us, but it, it, yeah, it I, really is a lot of fun. And I think I move in down there Wednesday morning, and I don't move out until Monday afternoon. Oh, wow. I'm Kevin, getting my bikini ready. I'm coming. Kevin Smith and air conditioning. Yes. Fingers yeah. fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Please, Mayor Arsenault, keep the AC oh on for gosh. us. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and not set at 85. Right. Please. <laughs> Please. Greg Adams, thank you so much. 1017. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. By the way, off topic, what we were just discussing, real mm-hmm. quick, what, yeah. do, what do electric cars 
and gasoline cars have in common? I don't know. They're both powered by fossil fuels. Uh. <laughs> you just wanted to throw okay, that thanks. out there. Thanks, I appreciate yeah. that. <laughs> we had a, uh, an episode Saturday night. It happened about five o'clock at the smoke shop there, Centenary and Olive, where two young men, I believe one eighteen, one nineteen, were shot dead. Um, there are reports indicating it was a, an apparent robbery attempt. Police are still investigating. Uh, last report, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rube, uh, no arrests in that case to this point. Not that I've seen, no. And um, But again, these were two young men who um, we don't know if they were the two that were trying to rob the place. I'm not sure. They have not confirmed that. But um, they were both shot dead. One was found dead outside the business, and one was found dead inside the business. Um, crowd grew at that location, and there were reports, I think, from Channel 3 that even more shots were fired later in the evening. Uh, no one wounded during that second episode, but there was a large police presence there on Saturday night, and um, police are still trying to unravel what happened. They need everybody's help in the area. We still don't know a lot of details, though. No. Was it armed robbery, I would imagine? Don't know that. I, I'm not but sure I if it was. To, I don't want to speculate. I don't, don't know that at all. I just I know that um, uh, one of the men that was dead was found dead outside, and one was found dead in the store, and they um, quickly got them out. They were walking around with somebody from the store, you know, kind of describing what happened, it looked like, from some of the video I saw from the scene. But I don't know if both men were shot while they were in the store or if one was shot while he was running away. I'm not sure about that. And I don't know what the law is in Louisiana. If you, if someone tries to rob you and then they realize you have a gun and they run off, if they're running away, can you shoot them? There was an officer involved shooting, I don't know if you remember, years ago off of Hearn Avenue. Mm -hmm. And the guy turned around and ran, but the officers still shot him because the man was armed. And the officers, he was running toward the convenience store uh -huh. and thought... There are people in there could be in danger. We right. have to stop the threat. The threat, right. And, and, and it all... So it's the safety of others in addition to your own safety that, that the officers are concerned about. But if he was unarmed, that's a whole different question. So That's, that's why I asked if it was armed yeah, robbery. We'll have to see you know, what details they're going to release about that. Mikey McCarty, 101.7 FM. Now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Kiel, Mike and McCarty. I wanna I want my hour and a half back. Hour and a half. Yeah, that I spent watching um, a documentary on Netflix called I think it's called uh Poison. I believe it was about our food supply and it it See, was like stop eating all this that all the things you love and it was everything processed from lunch meats to uh, you know bacon I remember seeing a study that said the the health effects that we're feeling now really started with the mm -hmm. advent of processed flour, yep, processed sugar, mm -hmm. our bodies weren't designed to 
pro- pardon the use of the word again, but to process this, the the food that we're now consuming. It, it, it's it's sad. And there was one researcher that this was really troubling to me. She was a scientist, and I forget where she was doing Dartmouth. I think was where she was doing her work. And they were interviewing her, and she was talking about how she was, you know, doing research on beef and, you know, all that. And and, um, they said, well, it was funded by the Beef Council or the Cattlemen's Fund or, you know, those groups. And they said, don't you think that 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 would bias your findings? Oh, no, no. Then they listed all the groups that funded her research. They all had ties to the industry. With the American Cancer Society. Do you think the cancer? No, they were all they were all beef. beef no, no, no. Folks. I'm saying, yeah. but but the 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 funding to the American. Do you think the quote cancer industry is too large of an industry for them to actually want to cure cancer? That was part of the scary. How part. many people will be out of work mm-hmm. if they go ahead and cure you? Can you? Are you telling me you can't? Part of the scary part of this documentary, it's called Poison, I believe is what it's called, was the dodging by the American Cancer Society and the American Heart Association because some of the things they have on their website are contradictory of the latest research. And it was all based on cancer numbers. And now I don't know if there's an axe to grind by the people that did this film. You know, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But the Cancer Society folks wouldn't talk. And I'm like, you, now I know they were coming at it for, hey, you've got things on your website that are contradicting the latest research. Why? And they didn't want to talk about it. And that, to me, was scary. The groups that are supposed to protect us, and they showed the cancer rates. They talked about diabetes, how it's really not sugar-related. It's related to all the other foods that you're eating. Um, I mean, and they had a lot of doctors on. You know, again... I'm going to go do a little more work on who did this documentary, what are they wanting, what's their axe to grind. But it was frightening. Jeff Eno with the Weather Channel joining us after the local news coming up talking about this oppressive heat. And on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline, Shri, uh, meteorologist Jeff Eno with the Weather Channel joining us. Jeff, good morning, sir. Good morning. How are you? Well, Staying we're cool, I hope. No, we're not. <laughs> uh, AC units are having a hard time keeping up. Um, triple digits. I'm looking at the your uh, weather.com. Fa- uh, um, I want to say Facebook. I'm just I'm having website? another aneurysm, yeah. Aaron. Uh, the website, yeah. And, and my gosh, going into the end of the month, we're still looking at triple digit temperatures. Yeah, this has been relentless. Uh, once this uh, high pressure dome kind of set up uh, here uh, over uh, parts of the northern Gulf and uh, into uh, portions of the uh, lower Mississippi. Uh, we just, it's been relentless. Um, it's been uh, from Texas. Uh, of course, we've seen it now wrap around the Gulf Coast and uh, excessive heat warning stretching uh, all the way from Texas all the way into Georgia. And uh, we get uh, a little bit of a break for the uh, couple of days coming up. Got a frontal system coming through behind that. 
the air's going to dry out a bit, and it's going to feel like uh, heaven, as far as I can tell. Uh, low yeah, 90s 92. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, low yeah. 90s tomorrow, low 90s Wednesday, and how about upper 60s for the overnight low Tuesday night? So coming out uh, Wednesday morning, you're going to feel like you can breathe again uh, with that uh, temperature for the overnight. But uh, as you said, it uh, the high pressure comes back in, this time coming in from the west, and uh, we are going to see these triple-digit temperatures just uh, stay with us here all the way into the weekend and then some. We broke a record yesterday. Is that accurate? That is uh, officially uh, went up to 106 on Sunday. 105 was set back in 1948. And uh, since last Wednesday, the highs have pretty much been right around 105. Uh, so it dipped down to 104, I believe, on Wednesday. We saw, uh, again, a couple of days or a day at uh, 106 yesterday. 11 of the 13 days this month, we've hit triple digits. And uh, I believe uh, the 105 on Friday or Thursday, I should say, uh, tied the record. So it's been record-setting here also in the last couple of days. Record for today is 106. Uh, we're not going to quite get that hot, are we? No, no. It's in its, in its semantics from here. Of course, uh, <laughs> right. uh, 104 is where we're headed, but uh, uh, hot is hot. And then you've got, of course, the humidity factoring in. But we should stay away from record territory. It's going to feel like 110. Uh, late day, maybe some pop-up showers and thunderstorms to help possibly cool things down. But you know how that works, too. They come in, they blow in, they blow back out, and then it just gets uh, steamy from there. As far as the fall and the winter, I've always heard that when you have a harsh summer like we're having now, the winter is going to be really cold. Does that hold true? And, and what what are we looking for as far as the fall and winter? Well, we we can always hope that uh, that we do get the uh, the cooler temperatures in, but uh, um, I, I don't know if that will uh, play out. I know that uh, a couple of years ago uh, we did see the uh, the very uh, uh, tough winter uh, that we saw some you know record breaking uh, cold and ice uh, into parts of Texas and then into the South uh, temperatures that we don't really uh, see that often. But uh, uh, as far as uh, getting into the the winter and also on into uh, or the fall and winter um right now I, i'm not seeing anything that's uh that's kind of crazy as far as uh, some of those uh temperatures go but uh uh we can hope that uh this thing kind of gets uh, done with here as we move towards september and that's about all we can do um i know that uh as uh take a look here in two parts of september uh it does look like uh we may see actually some upper 80s Towards the end of the month, uh, I know this is uh, kind of a long-range deal, so anything can change. But uh, we just need some rain. Yeah, that would help also, and uh, that uh, that's not really popping up here as far as uh, what I can see so far. Not anything consistent, anyway. Uh, just uh, kind of the pop-up stuff. But uh, some rain would be nice, and hey, some clouds at this point would even be nice. Jeff, you know, the sun from the Weather Channel. This is dangerous heat, too. We need to be sure that we're taking all the precautions. What are some things folks need to remember to do today in the next few days? Uh, it's it's kind of the, uh, the the broken record at this point. Um, I know you got a feel for folks that are out in it for any extended period of time. I uh, I, I see guys out, and I think I, I just I don't know how how they're doing it. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, I know a lot of folks now, especially they're wearing the dry fit stuff, and uh, that definitely helps. But uh, uh, the light, loose fitting clothing. 
Um, if you start to feel the effects, you start to feel dizzy, seeing those spots and that sort of thing, uh, just sit down and take a break if you can. Find some shade if you can. Try to get into the A.C. And, of course, keep yourself hydrated. Uh, drink that water. Uh, drink the, uh, the the sports drinks that, uh, that uh, do have the electrolytes and kind of replenish uh, your energy and replenish uh, some of the uh, things you're sweating out. Uh, all of those things. Uh, just uh, just take caution. Take care best you can. Jeff Eno with the Weather Channel. Thanks for your time this morning. Absolutely. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I told you over the weekend, what a busy weekend, mm-hmm. but we ended up doing a, a fundraiser for the Humane Society of Northwest Louisiana Saturday at Great Raft Brewing. Huge crowd. Aaron, it was. It started at 4 o'clock, and we had, uh, I don't know, like six bingo games lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, people, there. I got there about 3.45. You almost couldn't get in the place. Wow. Cars were like around that whole block over by Great Raft. Um, it was packed inside. It was so awesome. Mm. Great Raft staff was just fantastic. They they also, uh, a portion of all beer sales went mm. to Humane Society nice. during the event. Mm-hmm. Um, so it ended up being really cool. I don't know the total amount of money that was raised, but it, it, it ended up being a really... A really successful. They had to turn people fundraiser. away because they, they didn't to, have they had to seating? turn people away because, like, the fire marshal was like, "Okay, you you're at capacity." Wow, folks brought their pooches too. And those poor people behind the you know down behind the bar serving those oh, cold beers. Man. Yeah, <laughs> but there was doggies humping. there. Yeah, people brought the dogs that they had adopted from the Humane Society. Nice. And there's a lot of pictures if you look up their their website on mm-hmm. the, on Facebook. Uh, the Humane Society of Northwest Louisiana. They just do great work. I mean, a lot of shelters aren't run very well. Mm-hmm. This one is. Yes. They focus just on dogs, and um, and it's mostly all volunteers. And what so is it's their, people what is that their, love the dogs. What are their rules about um, the dogs that they take in? You can't, well, they don't take... Pit bulls. Okay. Um, and you can't just drop it off at the door. You've got to, you've got to, you know, they want to make sure the dog, the animals are taken care of. Right. And so um, you still have people that try to bypass the cameras and drop off boxes of puppies. Oh. And how long do people, they keep people them? Aren't, I mean, they try to get them adopted, correct? It's a no-kill shelter. Right. So they're, they're dogs that have unfortunately been there a while. Oh, you know, no, they try and, to, and people like my wife go on a regular basis, and they get them out of the kennels, and they walk them, and exercise oh, them, nice. and spend time with them, and um, love on them, love on them. But but at a certain point, a dog, you can see it goes into a a withdrawal. It, right. it, it goes into a depression for living in a cage. In a, yeah, in a, yeah oh, it's mm. just heartbreaking. Which is why I can't go. So you want to bring them that. all home? I, I do. I want to bring them all home. We went to the uh, Caddo Animal Shelter to get a kitten a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. came home with two. How are the kittens, by the way? They're doing great. Are you still scratched up? I, a little bit. We're trying to... Tra- <laughs> yeah, you ought to see my legs. 
<laughs> but we're trying to train the the little male. Uh, he's totally fearless. Oh. Totally fearless. We already took him to the vet, got him dewormed and checked mm-hmm. out, and and had to do some antibiotics, and it's helped tremendously. Right. I didn't know kittens won't eat if they can't smell the food. Oh, I and didn't either. So yeah. And hmm. so they were kind of stopped up and sneezing. So they had like probably kennel cold. Yeah. You know. Oh, um, how are they getting along with your pup? Because you've got a big dog. We've got a dog that we got at the uh, animal shelter, and he's ornery. a few years ago. And she she's, she was me. an adult, um, and she's kind of aggressive. Mm-hmm. You know, she's uh, habits were established. Where you know you try to work with them, but. They are what they are. Right. So, like, when I take her walking, I have to put the harness on so I can mm. control her. Sure. Um, but we've introduced the kittens to her slowly. Okay. Like, we've kept them separated for a week or more right. so she could hear them and she can smell them. She knows something's in the house. And <laughs> that, then that we, might be edible. And then we, yeah. <laughs> And then we hold them and started introducing them to her. Okay. Now we can just let her out. Now right. Can, they run around. Right. And uh, the little one just runs right up into her face. Yeah. He's just, <laughs> he's totally fearless. But the Humane Society has got uh, another, it's their third annual Winnie's Way 5K Rescue Run. Oh, cool. That's going to be this weekend at the Stoner Boat Launch in Shreveport. Uh, it's raising money for dogs with special needs. Nice. And so, yeah, uh, if you want to find out more, check out the Humane Society of Northwest Louisiana's Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Um, they just do such good work. They have I'm a dog just, wash coming up too next they've month. They've got a dog wash. I'm going to probably go. They do it at Maryland's September. place. Yes. And, um, it's a blast and it's 10 bucks. They take care of washing your dog from, because I can't And remember that's a fundraiser. Yes. That's a fundraiser. Please, so, if you yeah. can donate more, that'd be great. Sure. Um, and and they'll wash the dog from top to bottom, and then right. you don't have to mess with it. So I'm get me a spot in line for that because Bo is coming, Bo- and <laughs> he needs a bath. It's time. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I won Bo over, which wasn't that yes. easy feat. You Bo know, is uh, Bo he is, doesn't like strangers. No, not in my in my air circle. He gets really upset. Yeah, really upset. He's a sweet boy though. He's a good snuggler too. So, uh, yeah, the, that, that uh, Winnie's Way 5K, August 19th at the Stoner Boat Launch. Uh, you can find out more information on the Northwest Humane Society of Northwest Louisiana Facebook. Like, like I say, they're just, it's such a well-run organization. They actually care about the dogs. And, uh, yeah, they just do great work. So mm-hmm. I, just, I just wanted to get that out there. And now I can say, when my wife goes, did you tell you about Winnie's Way? <laughs> yeah, we yes, did. honey, I did. We did it. 1017 FM. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I, <laughs> I saw a, a thing that said, at this point, Jesus doesn't need to take the wheel. He needs to pull over and spank some of y'all with his flip-flops. <laughs> yeah. And it brought back such great memories. Oh, man. <laughs> flip-flops back in our day. Yeah. 
Those rubber things with yes. the little rubber. That's all we had. had. Kind of the V on the top where you stuck your toe, your big toe around mm-hmm. one and then yeah. the rest of your toes around the other little stem yes. that stuck down into the rubber yeah. pad. They hurt like hell on the backs of your legs. <laughs> oh, do, do they? Yeah, you, I heard, so I heard. You, you know a guy? I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, then those little flip-flops that we used to wear, then, then all of a sudden they started morphing. And right. then all these new kind of flip-flops. But for years, that's all we had was those little those rubber, rubber flip-flops. Right. Yes. I still have a brother who that's what he wears. He what? wears those rubber flip-flops. Those old-fashioned kind? Yes. Do they still? I guess they still make them. He has a pair that's probably 30 I years never old. Liked the, I never liked wearing those. I didn't either. They would bother my, my between my toes. It yeah, would get would, a little rashy. I, I yes. I'd get a blister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't Plus, like them I at all. I don't like not having socks on. Oh, I love not having socks on, but I would rather not have something between my toes. Right. Well, because you know I have webbed toes, so there's a little bit of a problem there. But let's not even talk about that. that. You didn't know that? No. Is that why you spend so much time at the pool? Yes. That's why Robert, for years, said I had nine and a half toes. That's not true. I have ten toes. They just look different. I do like the water socks, aqua socks. Oh yeah. You know, they're like shoes. Mm -hmm. If I'm in a pool. Or at the beach, that's what I'm wearing. Yes. I don't go barefoot, period. No, I have I some water shoes ever. that I wear. And then I saw some guy post a video at the beach where he had like some kind of little bait and in the sand, and there's just there's just a little something sticking up out of the sand, okay? So he had this bait down on it, and it bit on it, and he pulled up like this six-foot worm out of the oh, sand. Oh, no. Oh, hell no. no. Are you kidding me? No, no. No, no, and, no. And you know, my now you don't even have to go into the water to get really weird creatures. I know. And, I, and when you speak of sand... I'm hating on a couple of people today. I'm, I'm, they're they're going to remain nameless. But I got texts from two people today. One is in Cabo, headed back home. And one is just beginning a trip to Greece and the Mediterranean, a cruise through the Mediterranean. I'm like, I hate y'all. Hate your guts and liver. Yes, if your vacation is just starting now. I don't like you at all. Uh, the town of Houghton got some good news from the state, surprisingly so. We'll talk with uh, Mayor Kim Gaspard next. 1017 Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel. Mike and McCarty on the Jack Spring Electric Newsmaker Hotline with the Mayor of Houghton, uh, my old friend from Airline High School, Kim Gaspard, joining us. Good morning, Mayor. Good morning, Mike. How are you today? Doing very well. Thanks for talking with us. Uh, some exciting news. This funding. Tell us about this water tower project that's going on. Well, Mike, uh, as you know, a lot of people are moving to the Houghton area. And uh, we've been trying to do some infrastructure upgrades. And uh, we've tried for a couple of years now to get a, a dual water well situation with a really big elevated tank to meet the incoming needs. Uh, for this growth and uh, we have been informed that the water sector commission which we've lost out to twice before uh, is going to fund the project and we're some kind of excited about that because uh, this brings us on into the future and takes care of our water needs for a while and uh, and really lifts a big uh, uh, burden off the town to try to find uh, 
uh, alternative sources. This for this funding for this project got caught up in that legislative debacle at the end. So this is kind of a, a another alternative to try to get this this done. And now you've been approved, and it is a go. Uh, how, born again. how soon do you do you hope this work can start? Well, we took the uh, steps last year to get the project shovel ready. Uh, our engineers did the engineering on it. We paid for that. And uh, and so having a shovel-ready program means that you, you remove a lot of red tape. Uh, we just don't know how to control how fast the money gets to us. And so that's the state's process, and uh, we're at their mercy with that. So uh, we're really looking forward to uh, to getting the project going. It's gonna the wells are going to be located uh, uh, where the uh, where the, right near 3227, uh, which is very near the new commercial development area, and uh, that's going to hopefully get going here pretty soon if we can get our roads upgraded. Now, I know when you come off of I-20 and you head up 157 toward Houghton, there's a lot of development there on the left side, the uh, east That's side right. of 157. Where the where is the tower going to be? Uh, if you if you were to to take a left there coming off the interstate, uh, they're going to do a, a realignment of 3227, and it's actually going to start curving and come behind uh, the Waffle House and the Sonic. Uh, the Sonic and the uh, and PJ's Coffee were built, and what you see on 3227 now is the rear of their uh, of their establishments, uh, knowing that the road is going to be moved further south uh, uh, from where it is now on 3227. So uh, that whole uh, at uh, right next to PJ's Coffee is pretty much where the tower is going to go. Mayor, this and, is going to uh, take Houghton's water system. Um, and and upgrade it, and you'll be set for how long? How many years do you hope this holds you over? Well, we're we're hoping for the next ten years. Uh, we this will give us what we need uh, with the ability to to do a smaller expansion of existing uh, tanks that we have. Uh, we can always add on to those. But uh, you know, if a if a if a developer wanted to come out right now to our subdivision, I mean to our town with us with subdivision ideas uh we would probably have to say no right now mm. uh, because of the growth in legacy point they're still going to put 380 homes in there and uh so we would have to slow that down because right now it's questionable where we could meet the need with these subdivisions but now you've and got uh, the funding and you got the new new system on the correct. way that's correct great news mayor of Houghton, kim gaspar thanks for your time sir well, I appreciate your contact. Mm-hmm. 101.7 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Wow, that is good news. Definitely. Because they're growing in Houghton. If I had to say the two, the fastest areas growing in, in our region, Houghton would be on the list, Benton, and yeah. probably Stonewall, if I had to, if I had to guess. I, you know, and, and Houghton's been, they got caught up yeah, that's in that. that's true, yeah. They got caught up in that mess at the end uh, of the legislative session. With Doty voting uh, not to bust the spending cap. Mm-hmm. And so those Houghton water got, projects got scrapped. Right. And um, they were able to do, to get an end run and get the money from another source, um, which will still come from state dollars, but it's 
2.7 million, I think. And I think they're having a news conference at uh, 10 o'clock this morning to announce more about it. Uh, Mayor Gaspard is um, out of the country. FYI. See, that, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, that still sounds funny to me because mm-hmm. I got to know Kim uh, back at Airline High School. My yeah. kids both went through airline oh wow and so i got to know him back then and yeah fortunately they were they were good students mm-hmm. so it yes. was it was never a, an adversarial right of course i would have been on his side oh I, yeah I'm not one of those parents that went my children do no wrong i know wrong. exactly yeah my kids do wrong and they are going to be punished at home too exactly but yeah we were able to catch up with him before he left town so uh real exciting news for houghton big time yeah michael mccarty 1017 f now more breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty. Hmm. I'm not you- sure how I feel about this. Some family dollar stores in Bossier City, uh, there's four of them, I think that want to sell wine, beer, and hard liquor. Are they going to sell it for a dollar? No, I don't think so, no. Um, I don't understand the name. Nothing in there is a dollar. No, no. They used to have a store, Everything's a Dollar. I think they changed the name, Everything's a Dollar Fifty. I don't know what they did, but yeah, nothing's a dollar anymore. Um, Maybe there's a few things. But I don't know if this is a good idea. And In fact, some employees are actually saying... Not sure we like this because it has the potential for increasing crime. Uh, obviously, they have to have ABO cards now to to sell right. to yeah. work in the stores. You got to go get that license. Um, but the company, the Family Dollar Company, started this plan a few years ago, back in 2019. They wanted to introduce alcohol in stores nationwide, and now Bozier is on the list. Um, so. We'll see. The council is going to vote on it tomorrow. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm, you know, family dollar store. Can you let kids come in now? Because I don't yeah, know. Th- I mean, Brookshire sells alcohol. But not hard liquor, right? I, Aren't they in separate entrances? Well, that's true. You have to have that separate. Well, but is that still, remember, they just had the law change about that? Well, that was Shreveport. Right. So I don't know what the law is in Bozier if... Because kids can't go in thrifty liquor in Bossier, right? Well, not supposed to. And so I'm curious if this would keep the stores now from having children come in. Um, I don't know. The, and you change your name from family dollar yeah, now? to adult dollar? Because <laughs> if you can't bring children in the store, and I don't know, perhaps they're going to have a separate area for the alcohol that kids are, don't have access to. I'm not sure on the logistics I know the council's going to have to kind of take a close look at it. And if any of them know, you know, what the plan is for it, I would love to know. You know I don't think it's do? a good idea. I don't, I may not agree with it, but you, you have to say, well, you know, this is a free enterprise society. Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, a free market. Let, if that's what they want to do, it, it's, it goes back to what we talked about last week. Okay, yeah, you have the right to do this, mm-hmm. but you also have to expect the consequences right, of, right. of that decision. Yeah, because there will be, now there are rules, there are state laws, you can't be within 300 feet of a church or a school, so any family dollars that are in those locations, you're out anyway, mm-hmm. regardless. So I think there are four 
that are um, petitioning the council to be allowed to sell the alcohol. You know, for folks that are trying to reach a compromise, maybe beer and wine is a compromise rather than hard liquor. I, I'm not sure. And again, economically, I understand. Remember uh, Italian Gardens 100 years ago? Oh, yeah. It was out on uh, South Lake Shore mm-hmm. near Cross Lake. Sure. And, uh, Frank Sinagra. And he said, uh, I'm not going to sell alcohol. Right. And he and he stopped wine sales. Mm-hmm. And kudos for his decision. And sure. His, but then... It, it ended up shutting him down. People want a glass of wine they want or a alcohol. a glass of wine yeah. with their, yeah, especially an Italian meal. Yes, absolutely. So we will see. Could be a vote tomorrow before the council. Um, probably get a lot of questions answered tomorrow when they discuss this. So we'll keep an eye on it and let you know what they're deciding. 1017 FM 7.